0: Hello and welcome to the ACA Adult Children Voices Across America Speakers Meeting. If you would like to attend this meeting live, go to adultchildren.org and click on online meetings and then scroll down to find Thursday at 6 p.m. Pacific time. I'm happy to introduce our speaker tonight, Kevin from Berkeley, California. Hi, everybody. I am so grateful to be here <clears throat> and admittedly quite nervous i've spoken many times at meetings, but Only once have I tried to speak this long with my story and and that happened on a surprise I thought it was a 10-minute share and I got handed a microphone in front of a, an auditorium. So, uh, <laughs> you'll be a little nicer to deal with than that <clears throat> My name is kevin. I am an adult child of alcoholics I am the great grandson. I am the grandson. I'm the son and the ex-husband and i'm the parent of addict alcoholics. So my seat has, an engra- has my name engraved on it. I am here for good. <clears throat> um, I'm gonna try to share what it was like, um, what caused me to uh, embrace recovery and what's going on now as best I can. I do tend to drift a little bit, a little ADHD. So bear with me, um, I did take notes. <clears throat> so what, uh, here's my story. I've uh, lived near Berkeley, California. Um, I'm live very close to where I was born um, in an all-american family <clears throat> in the middle of the 50s um, following my dad's uh, plan in life to um, Find somebody who would give him a passel of kids and heal all his lost family pain and he did find somebody um, uh, he, he was unaware of the fact that this lovely co-ed he met at Cal in the early 50s had been drunk every day from the age of 13. And although she was um, excited by this handsome man in uniform, uh, she had no idea what she was getting into, what she was in for. So um, they set about having a family. My sister uh, was born in 53, me 55, the younger brother and sister in 59 and 61. And um, we set about, um, unbeknownst to us, just filling the hole in my dad's heart, his family 's story was was pretty painful there was no no substances involved, but not much love <clears throat> and he was terribly attracted to my mother 's um, th- the family he didn 't get how crazy they were they drank they were not terribly responsible but there was they had feelings <clears throat> they expressed feelings um, and that that attracted him um, she was i think rather ambivalent about having a family. Um, she didn't hate us, but she sure as hell had a million other things on her mind, like being a writer, a poet, um, maybe just drinking in cafes and, uh, and having interesting friends. <clears throat> she would have likely been more suited to that. So as it has with millions of others, the disease of alcohol infected us. She was, um, she, you know, she was slow on her drinking in my uh, early years. And so there were quite a few <clears throat> fun years through the, into the early 60s. But it took hold, depression hit her, um, medications and alcohol um, found their way in, and she found herself trapped. <clears throat> um, my dad, def- desperately trying to keep everything together, just worked harder, gave more, uh, the classic codependent. He um, he didn't have any idea what he was dealing with. My mother <clears throat> didn't know what she was dealing with either, and then she just wanted a way out because of the burdens of um, four kids and a husband that was completely bewildered by her behavior. <clears throat> she um, took to um, occasionally slitting her wrists and winding up in the mental hospital, uh, continued to drink, found um, substances to, uh, to dull the pain. And um, <clears throat> um, all the time this was going on, they, their drama was working out as a married couple and my mom on her way to uh, recovery and my dad on his way to continuing <laughs> to be bewildered by all this. <clears throat> they um the it was four kids running around with um some parenting, a little bit of good parenting, a little bit of not so good parenting but what was um what nobody got because of this focus on the disease that's what happens is alcohol takes all the attention, and even though it was never mentioned, <clears throat> nobody ever talked about this we were just learning to uh, to not talk, not trust, not feel, and we did a very good job of it we were all very literally could line up in a row and look straight forward and not see anything to our sides. So we um, we stumbled along. <clears throat> my mother um, got sicker and sicker um, while my sister was tapped to, uh, older sister, to be sort of her caretaker. Literally from probably the age of nine, my sister has been uh, taking care of our mother um, with my dad's uh, complicit <clears throat> request because he had to go to work every day and keep a roof over our head. And we, the rest of us sensed this was happening, but there was no, um, nobody talked about it. And that was what the, the worst part of um, childhood in an alcoholic home is that, you know, I was taught how to do the ABCs in school. Um, my dad tried to teach me to play baseball. Uh, we, we had the appurtenances of middle-class life, but I had a lot of questions. Um, of course, at, you know, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, I didn't know how to ask those questions. And I certainly didn't think I deserved to ask those questions, but my questions were, what the hell's wrong with you guys? Why is everybody so unhappy? <clears throat> Why does mom go away for a month and come back with bandages on her wrists? Why is my dad angry and upset all the time? Why do my sisters and brothers fight all the time? Um, I just assumed that was what other people had. I sought out other um, kids from troubled homes <clears throat> and, um, uh, and you know felt more comfortable with them the normies didn't i couldn't relate to um <clears throat> and so at one point as it um we we moved away for a year my mother fell apart and came back to california left the kids with my dad um to uh, to try to you know get her head straight and get her life together <clears throat> and so we just limped back a year later and not terribly long after that my mother uh, hit bottom with drugs and alcohol um don't really know if it was a suicide attempt, but uh, it involved um, burning the house down. She spent six months in the burn unit. We jumped out of the second story, and my childhood ended that day. I was about right before my 14th birthday. <clears throat> so in the middle of, uh, of uh, puberty and all that, um, we had um, our first big, big, big disaster. <clears throat> and um, as far as um, my, um, my, my dad was concerned, um, he had rescued us. He was always the rescuer. Uh, he loved my mother dearly and he loved his kids. My mother did too, but alcohol and, and the escape with that was just a bigger pull. <clears throat> so um, I don't even know, remember how long it was after that that um, she found NA and AA and they saved her life. I had spent many months prior to her hitting bottom. Um, coming into my parents' bedroom every night, shaking my dad's hand, kissing my mom on the forehead, trying to show them that um, that uh, to see if I was good enough to um, if I loved them enough and I was a good enough boy <clears throat> that maybe the shit would stop. You know that they would just crawl out of whatever hole they were in and have, be a family. Like I wanted to go like camping. I wanted to have parties. I wanted to to do things. And I knew other families were doing that, and we sure as hell weren't. We were just in survival mode. <clears throat> so at some point, my mother um, did wind up going to NA and AA, and completely turned around for her. Just it was a marvelous, marvelous time for her. <clears throat> she um, she started getting up out of bed. She didn't really do much before that. You know, she was just you know somewhat sedated and reading Proust. Um, she would have rather been an intellectual than a mom. And at one point, all these really interesting young women she met from the rooms started coming around. One of them has joined us tonight, and I'm very grateful to see her face again. Um, This is like from 1970. Um, uh, And so life got good for her. You know, the 12 steps work if you work them. There are promises in there. Well, what was missed, and not not to their uh, on purpose, but the family was thought to have been healed by the removal of, um, active addiction. What was still there was, <clears throat> you know, we learned how to pretend that our feelings didn't matter. Uh, I learned how to, um, <sighs> I learned how to, to not talk, trust or feel. I learned how to just react, um, uh, when it got too stressful, I learned how to, um, to, um, to keep it all inside. <clears throat> I learned how to um to still I was still codependent I still tried to to make everything right I tried to be a good kid <clears throat> but eventually that that wore off. <laughs> that that wore off. I I uh, I didn't have a conscious sense of it but I was done with that so I started rebelling. Uh <clears throat> got um uh deeply into drugs and alcohol in my teen years. By the time I was 18 and a half, I had been arrested twice. And the second time got beat up in county jail and spent a week in the hospital. And soon after that, I, um, uh, you know, with my mom settling down, um, she came out and that was another wonderful feature for her. She got sober. She was able to realize who she was supposed to be and, you know, answered that call and life kept getting better. She, she was thriving <clears throat> and she was just happy that the kids weren't completely insane, but I was getting pretty insane. Um, my sister had married the boy next door who turned out to be a, a sociopathic narcissist. Uh, my younger brother and sister were, um, were young enough that they were, uh, they seemed to have some, uh, some hope for them. <clears throat> but I, um, the family left me sort of adrift with, uh, without guidance. Um, I, um, I, I got in a really bad car accident right before I turned 19, <clears throat> Nearly was nearly crippled. And um, at that point, I still had no guidance. Nobody was saying, why don't you go to college? Why don't you get a job? Why don't you do something? <clears throat> because the focus was not on the kids at, at that point. Um, and I knew I needed to get away or, uh, you know, this this keeping things locked down was was not working anymore. Uh, my relationships were poor, friendships were sketchy um i didn 't date much in high school <clears throat> and um the only thing that seemed logical was to get out of town and I ran away with a circus at nineteen spent a year traveling the country, trying to get um my the this this weird smell of my family out of my skin and I did that 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 worked quite a lot uh came back home to um distill um uh, not much. I didn't have a goal in life. I didn't, they didn't teach me how to do that. They didn't teach me how to say, what do you want, Kevin? What do you want to do? I never figured that out. Um, So it was just drifting. So I looked like I was doing a little better. I looked like I had some, um, some interest. Uh, But inside, I was just fear and panic was all that was going on. I was just afraid. I was panicked. Uh, my mother did one of the few really good parenting things. As soon as I got back from being on the road, she threw me out. Uh, she gave me three months to, <clears throat> to find a place. And um, because she had just come out and wanted to have her girlfriend <laughs> move in and not have any fellas around. So that part oddly made perfect sense. So we're, we're, we're good with that. <clears throat> but um, so I I got a job as a roadie. I fixed cable TV. I started doing some gardening um, all through my 20s, <clears throat> basically still just drifting, just afraid that I, that I was never going to have a life. I had no, um, um, no sense of, of who I was. Um, relationships, love relationships, no, they didn't happen to a good portion of my 20s. I did uh, chase after a few women, but I had to have self-knowledge. I had to have had self-esteem. I would have had to have a sense of self <clears throat> and that I mattered and I was worthy and um, that I was on my way somewhere in life uh, as opposed to looking for someone to save me. And so healthy women stayed the hell away. They, they're, you know, they're not, not fools. Yeah. <clears throat> and so um, then um, my dad died in the early eighties and a year to the day after he passed, Uh, I got my salvation. I found my first addict to fix. Um, I met a woman at a party. I insulted her cooking, and she told me that was her food that I just insulted. And we were together for 14 years. Uh, She had not ever been with a man sober. She was quite obese, uh, been stoned, just like my mom, stoned every day from the age of 14. Um, And going out with me, was literally the first um, nice person she'd ever been out with. Um, sorry, I'm going to fix my uh, my timer here because it gives me some peace. Um, <clears throat> and that started the next phase of my of my life. We had loads of fun. I set about um, trying to make her like me. That wasn't we were somewhat compatible. <clears throat> um, she was strong, effective, competent, the opposite of my mother in every way. So that bit of um, in relationships where we, you know, we, we leave somebody, we just go find the exact opposite. Um, I was set about, I set about trying to see what that would, would give me, see what that would net me. Um, uh, people said, wow, she's really interesting. Oh God, no, no, don't marry her. Are you crazy? Yeah. Date her. She's fun and interesting and, and crazy. And so we, um, we spent a couple of years, um, getting high, um, And at some point, my mother came back. Still, I think her first sense that some of the family still needed some guidance. And she had been, um, I think she had been working Al-Anon, or she may have been, she may have come to ACA in New York when it first started. I can't quite remember which. what got her, but she looked at me and said, God, my oldest son is a mess. And she brought me to my first Al-Anon meeting, August 6, 1985, and dragged my uh, former spouse along too, and then. 12 step 12 12 stepped her <clears throat> um so um i knew it was time for us to stop having that behavior um and we um and of course my my uh, ministrations of i'll just do a lot i'll do everything i'll, I'll kill myself helping <clears throat> um didn't really work but aa and na straightened her up uh we were had a, a date right before christmas in 1985 <clears throat> we stumbled out of larry blake's bar in berkeley where my parents had their first date uh, back in the 50s and uh, she stumbled on a rock or something and bumped into me and i thought because she was drunk and she looked at, and i looked at her and said without even thinking says so you remind me of my mother and um see that was 36 years ago and she hasn't had a drink or or a line yet since then so Um, And that wasn't me. I thought it was me. That was the 12 steps working as it worked. It was keeping my mom sober and got my ex-wife sober and uh, in progress. So I worked Al-Anon for, well, I've gone pretty regularly for the last 36 years, though um, ACA has happily supplanted it in the last few years. Um, And it was wonderful. I had some really, really good years. We had a dog named Easy Does It. That's how um, hooked we were on program my daughter's first words our children's first words were z for easy for easy does it so basically they were prepped for uh, for the 12 steps early on um, <clears throat> all the time i looked like i'd finally found my my path i'd found my niche i was i was going to finally make my dad proud he was gone but i was still hellbent on trying to trying to make sense of who the hell i was what happened um, but i didn't even with al anon i did not have the tools that helped me face um the addicts in my life helped me take care of myself a little bit better um, <clears throat> so on and so forth helped me attempt to be a parent um, and that was good <clears throat> that lasted as as i took that as far as as i could um, So, <clears throat> though it looked like we were buying homes raising kids uh we were the recovery couple you know we looked good we showed up with our twins in the stroller at at um you know fellowship events and um people thought we had our shit together um we looked good you know she lost 50 pounds i stopped uh, trying to control her but i still had not faced what happened in my childhood it was just getting farther away it was getting farther in the past um and because of you know my higher power um new things were getting added in new behaviors um you know, I'd easily stopped using drugs. That was not my headache. Alcohol never bothered me. <clears throat> I was um, attempting to start a career, um, but w- what was always tripping it up, always, 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 was this fear and self-loathing. Was always underneath there. It affected my relationships. It affected my my self-care, which is still my my number one. Almost my only real headache at this point is how little I attend to self-care. <clears throat> I uh, It was easy in my 30s <laughs> to take care of myself. I was you know, healthy and strong, but um, standing up for myself, um, I got married and went to an addict who loved having all her interesting um, junkie friends come around and she didn't like my Al-Anon friends. So I let them go. I let them all go. I was happy to do that because I wanted to be a good husband. And I'm sure somewhere somebody said, Kevin, that's not such a good idea. You know, you're going to probably resent that at some point if they said it, you know, didn't hear it, didn't see it. And, um, and so we, um, we kept trying to move up in the world, bought bigger homes. Um, it was, we, we looked good on the outside. My family didn't look bad growing up on the outside either, you know, until the house caught fire, um, with, um, under the, the influence of, um, cigarettes, gin and Valium. <clears throat> and that wasn't going on. You know, we had children when we were four years in recovery and it looked like we had, we had it together. <clears throat> the fights of my ex-wife and I were brutal. Um, we, we were in recovery and we were using every tool we could. We went to marriage counseling. We went to recovering couples anonymous when it was a brand new program. <clears throat> we did all we could valiantly. I mean, we'd had, we didn't like each other much, but we did have some caring for each other. And we appreciated being in recovery. That was really, um, that, that helped a lot. Um, what, was, what was still always, was always working <clears throat> on this undercurrent, like this subroutine, uh, like in a, in a computer, was that I still was not making decisions based on my own self self-interest on taking care of myself. I thought most of them were pretty stupid. Um, I could find people to tell me they were pretty stupid. I could, um, I would do things and sometimes they'd be stupid. And then I'd say, yeah, see, I can't take care of myself. I'll just turn all the decisions over to my wife. And so I did that. I did that. I, I loved being a parent, but I was not a strong parent. I was, um, clearly the more, uh, empathetic, kind and, and nurturing parent, um, you know, my, my former spouse was a, was a hard ass, um, that she was a battered child. And she, she came by that honestly too. Um, so recovery took care of our own personal selves, but in relationships, it wasn't nice. It wasn't good. <clears throat> so after, um, I forget how long we together get our 11 years. I think, um, we split, I became a half-time parent, um, did everything I could to to try to keep myself together. And that was tough. I went back to school because I, my midlife crisis <clears> that, once again, what I'm doing, I wasn't making much money uh, being a gardener and a landscaper because I wasn't committed. I wasn't committed to anything, just survival. <clears throat> so there was never a chance to find out what kind of talent I really had. <clears throat> and as my therapist would say, Kevin, you're driving with the brakes on, you know, let's let's look at that. And I, I didn't realize that. I, I went to Debtors Anonymous for 15 years and was debt-free. <clears throat> I took a lot of the tools. And yet there was, if, if you look me straight in the eye, held me down, look me straight in the eye say, Kevin, do you like yourself? Do you think you're a decent person and you have value? I, I would either start crying or go, that's a stupid question. Don't ask me that. Go away. Leave me alone. <clears throat> I, I, all I can think of is surviving. Um, There was not a sense of happy joyous and free. There was a sense of uh, it would always. And when when we looked at the the chapter in uh, the Big Red Book about PTSD, um, that's when I started to get an inkling that, wow, I'm still back there. I'm still reacting to um, the opposite of what a lot of you have sensed. You know, with some of you had violent homes with things hurled and you know beatings. I didn't have any of that. My parents just went in their room, closed the door, and sobbed quietly. And, you know, not that I would say I wish they, you know, yelled at us and showed some feeling, <clears throat> but that terrified me. To this day, I, I murmuring <laughs> upsets me still. Um, I need you to tell me what the hell's going on. And now I've got tools to cope with it. Uh, there's so many wonderful tools in these rooms. <clears throat> so I survived a few years of... Um, being a single parent, started dating again, started having, you know, by hook or by crook, um, got some self-esteem was returning. I went to Sucks and Love Addicts Anonymous to learn more about relationships and how I related, <clears throat> how I could relate sexually, because it's always been an important part of my life, so very rarely uh, engaged in. Um, and then, you know, I I I just could never quite get out of, no matter what I did, good or bad. Um, there wasn't ever enough really that I could do. Um, I, I was in and out of relationships, um, through my daughter's early years, their teen years, I was trying really hard. I was never a a mean person. I never called anybody a bad name or raised my hand to any of the women I've been with, but they would, you know, they'd be around for a few months, a year maybe, and it would end. Um, I did not know what was, um, I just assumed it was their fault or completely all my fault. Not like uh, I have so much unfinished business. Um, The people I met along the way were lovely and they were due amends. I'll tell you that. Um, And at the age 14, uh, when my daughter started high school, we discovered they were abusing drugs and alcohol in a big time way. Um, We pulled them out of school. One was hospitalized for um, uh, an eating disorder. Um, And and this was, I was already at about my lowest. I was trying to complete school and uh, get a new career and things got even worse. Uh, That would have been a really great time for God to say, here, I'm going to, I'm going to make everything wonderful for you right now. No such luck. Um, I started working my program a thousand times more. I still wasn't doing ACA yet, but I started to work on the steps way harder up to my ante all the way. Um. Dove. I even had to. I even was willing to let go of being a halftime parent because we wanted the most stable place for my children so they could recover from the, the disease. And we uh, we were fortunate enough to have an intervention that worked because um, I just couldn't bear the thought of there being one more effing generation of addicts <coughs> running running wild. Um, so I uh, basically um, uh, for the last couple of years, of high school, I'll let my daughters go back and live with their mom. Uh, grieved that mightily. And every morning at seven, I drove to Oakland, picked them up and drove them to Albany to go to school, <clears throat> drove them to and came back and drove them to meetings at night. Um, and um, today we realized that uh, one, of the, one of my daughters we thought was an addict because she was partying with her sister. She's not an addict at all. And I've made amends for that. Uh, her sister though is a true and true addict. And uh, she's 31 now and just got her 16 year chip in AA and NA. And um, if you don't think I'm grateful for that, well, you don't know. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna cry about that too because that's just another miracle. Um, where was I? <clears throat> um, also, so we were, was able to turn uh, one of my daughters and needed it over to the 12 steps and that worked. Uh, I got to be a lot closer to my ex-wife. We decided we better be friends really quick here. Because we had something more important than us not liking each other, and that um, remains to this day. So, despite my never quite getting <clears throat> to the um, to the heart of it, to, to poor little Kevy. Oh, by the way, this is some. Um, can you see that? Oh shoot! Let me turn my I'm gonna turn my picture off, because um, you gotta see. Uh, can you see that? That's little Kevy with the Hitler haircut. It's a very unfortunate hair day. Um, and uh, <clears throat> that's, that's who had never really been addressed. Uh, <clears throat> I, I somehow managed to, I was always seeking him, always seeking him. I found a career where, I mean, I dig in the dirt for a living. I, I get to hear birds you know, chirping and flowers, and you know, that's my day and it has been for, for 45 years. Not that I ever really chose it. I backed into that like everything else. It was just something I could do and face a minimum of authority figures. My fear of authority figures has made me a terrible employee, uh, a really good boss, strangely enough. <clears throat> I am nice, but um, I picked this by accident, though it turned out to be completely harmonious for, for my personality and my skills. <clears throat> um, okay, so where am I? Oh, i doing Um, the last part was what's happening now. I know it's crossing over a little bit. What, um, what got me to to ACA was, um, well, I was getting really bored with the other program. I know I'm not supposed to talk about that as much, but it was my foundation. I did wonderful service in the other rooms. Um, but after doing the steps five times and, um, tons of service, I, I, I didn't think I could squeeze any more out of it. And then um, after another group of um, short short, and medium-term relationships in my 50s, I met my current partner um, and who I'd, I'd known from other rooms decades earlier um, and was reintroduced by a friend. <clears throat> and that was six and a half years ago, I think, six years ago. And two things happened. One is I realized this is the first person I've ever met that, um, physical attraction wasn't the first thing on my mind, but I just thought she was the niftiest human being I had ever met. And I had to go, I had to use every tool I could find to have that not be a reason not to, not to pursue it or to find something wrong with me or wrong with her. Oh, that's my timer. Okay. So we're doing good. Um, what, um, what happened after that, we so we set about <clears throat> trying to have for both of us our first healthy relationship. Um, uh, not maybe a year or two, a year into that, I re entered the Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous program because I knew that I wasn't going to be able to, um, to have a relationship <clears throat> the kind that I've been hearing about. I may have been running in fear my whole life and my life in recovery, <clears throat> never quite facing down and staring right at god and going yeah i'm okay i'm a good man um i could always take that back but i knew somehow thank god i i got this message that you know yeah this is going to be another short medium or long-term relationship but you haven't answered these questions those questions you've been looking for since you were a kid are still unanswered so i got to at least have the beginnings of a of a a a deliberate relationship. I I was ready for a deliberate relationship, not like, Oh God, you love me. Okay. I'll marry you, you know, or you're pretty. I'll, you know, I'll try to knock you off your feet and, uh, and um, give you lots of attention. So you'll feel like, uh, you know, an attractive woman. And that's the glue I've looked for the glue and the bond and the connection um, intimacy in all kinds of ways. and none of them have been satisfying. None of them been satisfying. <clears throat> I've even managed to um, maintain a really good friendship with my former spouse. I've noticed since 1983, and we've been through hell together. And now she is my staunchest advocate. I go visit her every year with her new husband um, because I've loved her. I'm not in love with her for a very long time. That was a bad idea. But you know that I'm I'm not so broken. We we're not so broken that we can't find um some light <clears throat> in some of these relationships so um i do look forward. we will be on family zoom tomorrow and i'm look eagerly looking forward to to that time <clears throat> but um so even with starting off uh using this other program to deal with um trying to be appropriately sexual we waited six months before we got intimate um just because i just still didn't trust myself to um to not make you know, romance, my higher power. Um, I, I knew that was something I could do all over again, even after having cut that point, two and a half, three decades of recovery. Um, these things hadn't been answered. The ACA questions had not been answered. So, um, by virtue of starting that other program, somebody was talking about this program and I, I don't even remember anymore if it was four or five years ago that I went to my first meeting in Berkeley on Tuesday nights <clears throat> which is incidentally in the same church where um, the chorus I'm fortunate to sing with rehearses on Monday nights. And so I go back there Tuesday for my meeting and I'm hoping we can go back in person again sometime soon. Um, so um, I, I felt bad about not going to my Al-Anon meetings. I had many good friendships. <clears throat> but um, it felt complete. Um, I came to this program, terrified. I still have amends to make to one poor fellow that I cornered at the door in my first meeting and told him my entire life, it came out like a torrent. And he just looked at me like, oh my God, I've got to get out of this room. This guy this guy needs a million meetings. He does not need me to take it all. Um, I'll find him one of these days and make my uh, amends to him. <clears throat> but um, clearly, it was time, it was just time. It, I was not ready a minute earlier and thank God, not a minute later. Um, <clears throat> so followed the rules, I went to meetings. I went to a lot of meetings, still didn't get it. I read the book, it was, um, I, re- I reacted to, uh, recoiled mainly with the, um, what I call the psycho babble for a while, inner child, loving parent. It sounded like, it sounded silly. It sounded silly and that was just my resistance. I I knew there was a lot of work coming here and I thought I'd done all kinds of work. And I had, I had healed all the low hanging fruit. It had all been picked. Um, I was, you know, I was a nice person. I was a decent boss. I was a decent friend, um, moderately well taken care of my health and, and all that stuff. But, um, I still could fall into reacting to people painfully, miserably, um, I still had my authority figures with my my clients at work, <clears throat> and quite often walked away from jobs being owed thousands of dollars because I couldn't face people being angry at me. Um, <clears throat> so, I had done, I done, the 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 basic plan, which is you know steps one, two, and three are where you give up, and I'd given up. I knew I was powerless. Um Step four to six, I fess up. I had done half a dozen four steps over the years in various rooms uh, step seven to nine i cleaned up i made my amends my amends list is um, like poor, poor john who i will find again uh but it's pretty small right now because i've i've been active with that and steps 10 to 12 is step up i'm doing a, <clears throat> i've done plenty of service i started um so i went to the meetings i got a sponsor maybe a year or two in, I've lost track of the dates. I don't find all that important at the moment. <clears throat> and um, went about working the, uh, the yellow workbook. Uh, it's, weird, it's been well over two years, maybe two and a half years. And we're just wrapping up step 12 as we speak. Um, I have found somebody who gets my, gets my story, doesn't see me as any different than any of the rest of y'all, <clears throat> does not feel sorry for me or, or hold me on a pedestal Uh, I didn't start out with him needing him as a friend We are becoming quite friendly. Um, but i'm trying to keep it I like the old-fashioned way I don't do the fellow traveler. I like having um Not somebody just to look up to i'm older than him Uh, uh, 66 i'm older than a lot of the fellows in the rooms, but um I wanted to do it the old-fashioned way. I wanted to say here. I am Tell me what you know His experience has been just phenomenal to me. He's uh, he's helped me with every tool that I have, I mean, he talked me into sponsoring before I thought I was ready now sponsoring two wonderful men um, and having the time of my life. It's the time of my life with it. Um, It's always a challenge because I regularly still don't trust my, I don't trust what I see, think, hear, and feel. Um, And I kind of have to have a little bit of a sense of what I know to sponsor. I don't have to have, their answers, but I do need to um, to be able to access what it is that I've learned. <clears throat> so that's been going well. I've um, I was secretary of the meeting. It went really badly. Um, it was new in, and I got challenged a lot because of people that had been going to that meeting longer and knew all kinds of little tricks and ways that the meeting would work that I didn't know about. So I literally got called out a few times like, no, Kevin, this is not how we elect secretaries and <clears throat> blah, blah, blah. And that was really hard. I had challenge with my co-secretary who we just wanted to kill each other. And, um, but it was our ACA shit working out. <laughs> and, um, but I didn't quit. I didn't quit. I've never been an overachiever. <clears throat> my poor beleaguered older sister, who's now caring for our, Aged addict mom is an overachiever, and I'm so much more grateful that what I got was the underachiever gene. I, I hide out. I get a chance to, to choose my actions um, a little more carefully, <clears throat> a little more slowly, and it's working for me. Um, I am, I'm not in any rush. <clears throat> so where I am today is that every day I get up, I do steps one, two, and three, often before I open my eyes. Because it doesn't matter how good things are going. <clears throat> I don't trust the world that much. I have to connect with my higher power immediately. So whatever it is, whatever I went to bed with, maybe worried about the night before. <clears throat> um, and right now there's numerous family things that I'm stressed out of my mind over. Um, but I say, God, I'm powerless over this. Right now I'm powerless over my mother's addiction. She's using again at 87 years old she's using again. <clears throat> um, and in a psych hospital in Tucson, um, just out of restraints. <clears throat> so I wake up and I say, God, I'm paralyzed over that. Please help me react appropriately so I can be of service to my family and not make it my fault or be a messiah. Somewhere in between, I'm good with that. <clears throat> and I know only you as a paragon of myself can can send me the right direction. Because depending on kind of mood I'm in or how much is in my bank account or if I've argued with my partner or the sun's shining or it's raining, um, I don't trust. I still I, don't, I, I have enough healthy mistrust of my um, my ability to, to manage and control my world. <clears throat> um, and then I turn it over to God and I get up and go about my day. My day after that includes sitting in my grandmother's old rocking chair and doing a body check-in, which my sponsor always told me about. I check in my whole body head to toe three times through just so I know what my extremities are. And if something hurts, you know, I just sort of know it. <clears throat> and then I do my third step prayer. We've helped, he helped me write a custom prayer. And that, um, so I get to have a real personal um, start to, to my entering another day in recovery. <clears throat> and then I meditate never as long as I plan. I think by accident, I did meditate the full 10 minutes twice in the last few years. But um I said I'm an I'm 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 a I'm a um I'm an imperfectionist. I think that's a term that I made up and I I like it. <clears throat> that sort of is me. Um <clears throat> throughout my day, I go and do my work. I go to a jillion meetings in I'm in three different fellowships, so not they're not all ACA, but um I do so look forward to my regular calls with my um my sponsees. I meet, I'll meet my sponsor tomorrow at 10 o'clock in the park and we'll read from the big red book. And uh, he'll get a, a load of what's <clears throat> of the struggles I'm dealing with right now every week. And he'll tell me a little bit about how he's dealing with his stuff. And another day to be um, grateful to be in recovery. Um, um, the laundry list, I'm just trying to start um, working the laundry list um, issues. Uh, I know them, I read them. I have not, I've dived, dived into it yet. That's the next thing. I've got some resistance to doing it just because I'm kind of lazy. <laughs> but um, the book is not getting put away on the shelf. It's staring at me. I bought it uh, with the intent to start a small step study group, and, and that just fell flat. So I have shame about that because I, I usually start things if I commit to doing something. I start them well. Don't usually end them well, but I usually start. <clears throat> and this one, I think my body's saying, you're doing a lot. Your COVID is hard because I'm a hugger, and I haven't hugged hardly anybody for a year. <clears throat> and, you know, I haven't seen my children for a year. i um, haven't gone camping, you know, <clears throat> that I'm, so I decided to let that go. I will get to the, to the laundry list studies. I, um, so today, every day, I'm so grateful to be in recovery. I have um, a higher power that kicks my ass <clears throat> regularly, does not let me wallow very long in self-pity. Though this week, um, I came close, got up Saturday morning to a text that my mother had been um, unresponsive, um, and it turns out she was detoxing from her anxiety meds and had uh, overdosed on Benadryl, and it turns out um, she's living with my sister, which is, I fear, for both of them, because my sister is uh, not in recovery. She's white-knuckling it, and uh, uh, and it turns out overdosing on even an over-the-counter medication can lead to psychosis. So she's coming out of it now, but uh, at 87, she's still willful. Uh, and then an hour later, I got a text that my beloved stepmother had died, um, my father's second wife, who I was very close to. Uh, and then the day after that, I got the notice that my beloved aunt, uh, the last of the, these three elder women, was in hospice and probably not going to live out the week. So um, <clears throat> I had, of course, my first reaction was, okay, that's it, God. You give, you know, you give me way too much. I finally proved that this stuff doesn't work. This 12-step bullshit is just, it, it doesn't really work. I've worked so hard on my relationships. I've worked hard on, on trying to learn everything I can. And now you throw this at me. There's no God. That didn't last very long. I, I, I'm going to cry, I think, just talking about it because that lasted just long enough for me to sort of say it out loud. Like, well, F you, God, how could you do this? These women are so important to me. Uh, and um, what I got was, no it just means that you're the elder in the family now it's time for you to stop looking around the room going uh where's a grown-up to handle this you know i've always been dependent on others especially the women in my life and uh it's 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 done that that old behavior that old behavior worked as long as it did it got me through childhood it got me to learn how to um to manage as best i could it got me through all the years until I found the, the rooms of, of recovery and that's not working anymore. So my solutions are abounding. I just, I, 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 I want to be able to act and not react. And it's starting to work another hundred years. I'll get it. all figured out and I'll write a book. In the meantime, I love you all. Thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you. Thanks, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, so Thank much you, Kevin. Kevin.